Welcome to the Insider's Guide to Finance, where we dive into stories from the front lines of financing public and private companies. I host seasoned CEOs, fund managers, bankers, brokers, and business experts who will answer your questions about how to properly engage investors, finance opportunities, and build outstanding success stories. We dig into the educational how-tos and mechanics of structuring good deals. You'll also hear about strokes of luck, tense negotiations, and the pressures of closing, while also getting insights on how to best navigate the public markets. Welcome back to the Insider's Guide to Finance. I'm here with Cody Sanchez talking about knowing your numbers as an entrepreneur. This is the first part of a three-part series. So Cody, welcome back to the show. And I'd like to start with a bit of an introduction on yourself because you've touched many worlds in finance. So please, uh, what do you say? I'll hand it over to you. Well, perfect. That sounds great. Thanks for having me. Well, I think last we talked, you know, the thing that we focused on the most was my main business, which is Entourage Effect Capital where we are uh, you know, a $200 million growth equity fund in the cannabis space, invested in, I don't know, 67 companies to date across the spectrum, which has been really fun. And man, is the world accelerating right now. So that's the main business. And then right in about January of last year, I launched a newsletter called Contrarian Thinking, which has been a fun way to have conversations in a world shut down with people who are looking to think critically and cash flow unconventionally. So we've built that up to about 100,000 subscribers, which has been a blast, and continue to have conversations about how to invest, how to diversify investments, what's going on in the world, and have built a couple little media businesses around it. Fascinating. Yeah, it's good stuff. I really like how, I mean, from your early career in Goldman Sachs and Vanguard through to what you're doing now with the entourage and that reaching out and touching and working with even down to small business. I think it's really interesting your full experience there. So what is so important for all entrepreneurs to know is how to manage their numbers and then how to communicate those numbers. So the three-part series is what we're going to get into. I want to ask you to start off with what makes one small business worth more than another and in relation to how they report their figures. Sure. So, you know, the most important part when you're looking to buy small businesses, which is something that we do through unconventional acquisitions about where we teach people how to buy and sell small businesses, which is really, I think, a generational wealth creation event right up there alongside cannabis, but, you know, for for the everyday, every man. And the thing that we find in investing in small businesses is a couple fold. One, I like to invest in small businesses as a diversified way to get additional income. It's a different way to passive income stream that most people don't know about, similar to you know having rental properties and the likes. It just ends up typically having a higher ROI because you don't have to accumulate such debt and you can only cash flow so little from real estate properties. But when we're looking at buying small businesses, the things that matters are fivefold. One, the business is $10 million or less in revenue. That's because above that, private equity starts to become your competitor. Two, it's that they're actually profitable, so they derive some profits from the business. I typically like to see 100000 or more in profit. Three, that they have at least three to five years existence in business. That's so you have enough of a financial history to look at. Four, they're not trying to change the future. You know, These are service-based businesses like HVAC or laundromats or accounting services or landscaping. These are typically the small businesses that you think of on Main Street. And the reason why is because the multiples for those businesses are so much less. 
And the fifth is that they have clean enough financials that you can get an SBA loan and or additional types of financing like seller financing in order to actually buy the business. So you get to use other people's money for it. Excellent. You know, you've made the point, for example, that when looking at these operations or when you're reporting the numbers as potentially a seller, you want to make sure that your numbers are as clean as possible. Some of those things, tax returns that match your P&L or that you're actually taking a salary, or if you're looking to buy a company, you can see that the owner is taking a salary and really not using it as their personal piggy bank. Is there anything else there that you like to look at that whether you be a buyer or a seller, you should really keep in mind? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think all of those are really important. The important thing to note with buying small businesses is that everything's a negotiation, right? And so in buying small businesses, you are actually, if you have, let's say, a business where they don't have the owner take a salary, and typically what that means is that then the owner is trying to get you to pay X for a business without subtracting his salary from the the profits. Small businesses are bought on a two to three X profits multiple typically. And so in that instance, that's actually okay. It just means that you're gonna pay less for that business, right? So you're gonna tell the owner, you got a great business, but you think it's worth $200,000 and I think it's worth $100,000 because you didn't actually deduct a salary from it. So everything in small businesses is just a negotiation. And we've talked about this before, but my saying is that you can have one of two things in a negotiation. You can have your price or my terms, or you can have my price and your terms. And typically you don't get both. And I always like to control the terms if I can, because the price is what usually sellers focus on, but the terms have the biggest outcome to affect the price. That's awesome advice. What are some of those terms? What would you use as levers there? Yeah. So for instance, in a lot of businesses, people are scared to pull the trigger because they don't know if the past will be the future, right? So you buy a business that did $200,000 in profit last year, you're going to buy it for two times that. So you'll buy it for you know, $400,000. And now you need to make sure that over the next two years, it makes at least $200,000 a year. So you can, you know, break even on it in year three and then start cash flowing 200K after three years. That's pretty good. But what they get nervous about is that that might not happen. And so the terms that I would put on it are things like milestones or tranche based financing. So you could essentially say, hey, I'm going to pay you $50,000 each quarter that you hit the revenue metrics that we've agreed upon. And so as long as you hit those, I'll start paying you out your amount. Now, if you don't hit those, then we adjust the price on the downside. Or you can change the term, the length of the term. So you could say, I'm not going to pay you $400,000 today. I'm going to pay you $400,000 over the course of four years from the future revenue of the business. And I'll pay you $100,000 up front or something. So maybe it's a three-year total payout with $100,000 up front. And so those are different ways you can keep the same price. So 400K is important to them, fine, but you can change the way that you pay that out. Hmm. Excellent. Everything here talking about valuations comes from the entrepreneur who's built the business and having to know their numbers versus the person who's looking to buy the business and understand those numbers. For either person on either side of that equation, where do they go wrong? Where do they go wrong in managing those numbers or managing the analysis of those numbers? Yeah, I mean, the main ways you can go quote unquote wrong are just not keeping clean books, 
clean books and an ability to really see what the business is worth, meaning that they, you know, you decrease your cash usage, you use as much credit cards as possible. You also line item out all of your expenses and show those year over year. All those expenses are ideally paid on credit card or online as opposed to with cash. Everything you do when you have clean books is remove uncertainty. And uncertainty is what decreases your price. And so if you can increase more certainty into your business through clean financials, you'll just get more money out of it, period. And so that is the biggest thing that business owners miss. Excellent. Well, let's wrap this up for part one of a three-part mini-series about knowing your numbers. In the next, we're going to talk about knowing how to pitch your projections, and really what it means to potentially raise money, whether it be for a small business or a large VC-backed business. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insider's Guide to Finance. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this with your friends and colleagues so they can benefit as well. You can also subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Play Store. Your support there is really appreciated. For future episodes, if there's a question, topic, or specific person you'd like me to interview, feel free to reach out. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or through my website at creativereturn.ca.